Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. Your host, Josh, here. Still getting over the Super Bowl, last game of NFL season. I'm going to break it down here. Chiefs-Eagles, the holding penalty, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. Really was an incredible, incredible Super Bowl. I'm going to get into all that. Then today, Derek Carr, looking like he'll officially be released. Where will he end up? The New York Jets asked Aaron Rodgers, or asked the Packers if Aaron Rodgers is available. What will we know after his darkness retreat? And then I'm going to rank my early 2023-2024 rankings, and I'm going to give you my top five QBs of all time. And I will, I'm not going to go this full podcast this week into Patrick Holmes versus Tom Brady, but tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, next podcast, I will be really diving deep into the Mahomes-Brady conversation that everybody wants to be having, so why not give my two cents on it? But let's start first with the Chiefs and Eagles, which again, I thought was a terrific Super Bowl. I picked the Eagles to win this game. Uh, I'm not a Chiefs fan, I'm not an Eagles fan, so I really had no bone to pick in this situation. I picked Philly. Uh, as I outlined uh, a few times last week. And I thought, again, it was a great game. But first, I want to talk about the obvious, which was that holding penalty there at the end of the game. Uh, personally, I don't like the call. To me, it didn't, it didn't look like the hold. Now I know. Nick Sirianni and Jason Kelsey, James Bradbury himself even called it a hold, and they're not making any any excuses, which I'm fine with. It just shows the mentality there in the locker room, really shows the leadership. But I don't like the call for a few reasons. One was because they didn't call a lot of penalties all night long. Leading up to that uh, flag, there were three penalties on the Chiefs for 14 yards, and there was five on the Eagles for 28 yards. Uh, not a lot was called at all. It was relatively let the guys play. So to throw that penalty in that moment of the game was huge. Uh, I will agree with what Greg Olson said as well on air. It felt ticky-tack. It's what it felt. Uh, it wasn't a clear and obvious hold of a receiver impeding his progress. To me, it felt more like the hand slid on his jersey. It wasn't a grab and pull or a, a tug uh, to where it really impeded Burrell. I also thought the football was in, uncatchable as well. Uh, maybe if the ball was like in the vicinity, right then and there, but maybe it would have been easier to call at that point in time. But I just, I can't live with that call because that call decided the Super Bowl. Uh because with the timeout situations and the clock the way it was, they got that first down. Eagles are going to have no time left on the clock. And I just hate to see a Super Bowl marred by a call like that. You look at past Super Bowls. You look at last year. It was a three-point game, thrilling Super Bowl. It was back and forth. Uh, but Joe Burrow had the chance to go tie, win the game on the last drive. Offensive line couldn't hold up. They couldn't get it done. We weren't robbed of anything. There wasn't 
a call, a pass interference, something late in the game in those minutes uh, leading up to it, even when the Rams got their touchdown that was egregious. They were like, hey, this is it. So it was that one last year. I didn't like, obviously, the Bucks, uh, Chief, Bucks Chiefs the year before. It was just a wipeout, so there was nothing bad in that game. Uh, same with the Niners and Chiefs. There was nothing crazy uh, in that game that, you know, we thought, wow, we felt rocked. So this, to me, was the first Super Bowl I remember watching uh, really ever where I felt like I was robbed. Felt like, really, that's how we're going to end the game? I would have been totally fine if the Chiefs would have won if Jalen Hurts had the ball back with a minute and a half, uh, whatever. And let's say he throws an interception. They lose the game that way. He does something, and they just don't win the game. Then that's something I can definitely live with. But to me, this one, it kind of hurt watching, like, really? This is how we're ending such a great game. I know Richard Sherman on his podcast said uh, he would have had some words uh, with the official, I'm sure. Uh, He would have, you know, when you lose a Super Bowl fair and square, there's not much to be said. It's one team played better than you, but for a ref to really decide the outcome of a game, that was huge. So, again, as great as the Super Bowl was, as great as a game it was, both teams, offensively it was great. But I just felt uh, like it could have been better. It's like a great movie. The opening act is good. You get through the middle of a movie, and it's really good. And getting close to the ending, you're really excited for it. And then there's something in the ending, 10 minutes, it just kind of ruins the whole movie for you. It's like, really? Did they just do that? You walk out of the theater thinking, why they do that? They didn't need to do that. Everything was perfect up until there. Uh, and you just left scratching your head. That's how I am with the Super Bowl. The game was so great. The first three quarters, the first 58 minutes were great. And then you're like, what? Is that how we just ended right there? That doesn't make sense. Let's let's rewind. So, again, I don't like, didn't like that call at all. I didn't agree with it. But I'm not going to say that. You know, that definitely helped the Chiefs to win this game, but there were other moments in this game that didn't help the Eagles. To me, the biggest one was Jalen Hurts' turnover. Uh, It was a clean game relatively by both sides. There was just one turnover, and it happened to be one of the biggest plays in the game. It was Jalen Hurts uh, on what was a read option. Jalen Hurts goes to switch uh, football in his hands, and... It comes out, takes a weird bounce to a Chiefs defender, and he runs in uh, for the score. And that ultimately ties the game uh, up at 14 apiece where it looked like Philly could go up 21-7. to And really that was huge because at halftime it was 24-14. If they don't score that touchdown off the scoop and score, it could be still it could be 24-7. to uh, they could have got at least a field goal on that drive and made it 27-7 or a touchdown, uh, which would have made it 31-7 to at halftime. And then the game really would have been out of hand. 
at that point, even though the Chiefs got the ball to start uh, halftime. So that was a crucial, crucial, crucial play. Uh, and it's the one knock on the Jalen Hurts performance. Uh, the other thing was the Eagles' inability to create pack pressure. Now, last week I said the Eagles uh, marginalistically had a better defensive line. Uh, Kansas City sacked Jalen Hurts twice. They were each for one yard. Uh, not big, but Philadelphia didn't sack Patrick Mahomes once and didn't create really any pressure when he was inside the pocket. Yes, he reaggravated the injury on a scramble uh, when he got tackled, but the Eagles defensive line, which we praised and uh, had one of the highest sack totals in NFL history, Hassan Reddick, uh, including the playoffs, led the league in sacks, how great he was, and they just could not generate any pass rush. And it just goes to show you this offensive line, which was ranked number one in pass block win percentage, Showed up, showed why. Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney, Orlando Brown Wiley, they all showed up and stepped up and good for them. And then the other thing which really contributed to the Chiefs winning this game was the Chiefs ran the ball. Now, I said this was one of the X factors last week. If the Chiefs do this, they'll probably win the game. And that was if they outrushed the Philadelphia Eagles. I said... Philly has a mediocre, middle-of-a-pack rush defense. If Kansas City can run the ball, then they can probably win this game if they can outrush the Chiefs. And they did that. They ran for 158 yards to the Eagles, 115. The Chiefs averaged 6.1 yards per rush. Eagles, 3.6, almost double the yards per rush. And again, more rushing yards. It was it was fantastic, uh, the game plan they had. Uh, and another thing to the game plan was great because Eagles got fooled twice on two motion plays. It was the same motion play, different receiver on each one. The first one was to Kadarius Toney, left wide open, and then the second one was Sky Moore, again, wide open. And it was basically just a screen pass where Mahomes didn't have to do anything. So... That you had that, but I think Jalen Hurts outplayed Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Just, I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is, you know, Jalen Hurts is better than Patrick Mahomes, but off this one game sample, or I should say off this Super Bowl that we saw, Jalen Hurts outperformed Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. He had a higher uh, PFF grade, uh, Jalen Hurts did. Patrick Mahomes did have a high QBR of 96 to the Jalen Hurts. Uh, 80, but Patrick Mahomes only threw for 182 yards, three touchdowns, again, two of those on the busted play of the Eagles, uh, where Jalen Hurts, I and I have to say this as well, is the Chiefs were really balanced. They had 26 uh, rushes to Patrick's 27 pass attempts, so it was basically 50-50. They didn't ask Patrick Mahomes to do a lot. Uh, and we thought Patrick Mahomes, a lot of people thought Patrick Mahomes was going to have to be Superman. Whereas on the other side of the field, they asked Jalen Hurts to be more like Superman. Jalen Hurts passed the ball 38 times. The team ran the ball 32 times. Jalen Hurts was the leading rusher. He had 15 of those 30 carries. He had half the carries for 70 yards. 
three rushing touchdowns, which was a quarterback Super Bowl record. So he had the three rushing touchdowns. He accounted for 50% of their rushing attack. Then he was all of their air attack, 304 yards, uh, one touchdown. Again, a 79 QBR, a pass rating of 104. He was terrific. Outside of a one fumble, he was absolutely terrific and played better than Patrick Mahomes. As a passer, in every aspect of the game, he was sensational. The team was sensational. Uh, I don't know, you know, I wonder why they didn't throw the ball more and why you keep trying to run with Miles Sanders because Devontae Smith was great. Seven receptions, 100 yards. A.J. Brown, six receptions, 96 yards. Dallas Goddard, some key catches, six receptions, 60 yards. This was a really great performance by the Philadelphia Eagles. Unfortunately, they lost, but again, it was a great, great Super Bowl. But I will say this, winning team gets the Super Bowl MVP, and I think Patrick Mahomes deserved to be the Super Bowl MVP. I thought maybe if Travis Kelsey really had a tremendous game, he would be the Super Bowl MVP, but he was, you know, relatively quiet, under 100 yards for him, six receptions, 81 yards. He did have a touchdown, but Patrick Mahomes was the surgeon. He only had the one incompletion in the second half, uh, didn't turn the ball over at all. Uh, he was great. I thought Isaiah Pacheco running the football was uh, good as well. Uh, Kadarius Tony with the touchdown with the Punt return, almost for a touchdown as well. I mean, the Chiefs' uh, defense, I thought, looked better. Their special teams was better. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, again, deserved this Super Bowl MVP, uh, and he got that. So great win for the Chiefs. Tough loss for the Philadelphia Eagles. But now we ask the question, are the Chiefs a dynasty? Are the Chiefs? A dynasty. I'm really split on this one, and I'll tell you why. We've had dynasties in the NFL before. We've had the Steelers of the 70s, where they won uh, four Super Bowls with Terry Bradshaw in a decade. That's a dynasty. The 49ers in the 80s with Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and winning, you know, three Super Bowls, uh, three, four Super Bowls. You know, I think the fourth one was 1990. So in a 10-year span, so you have that right there. Cowboys, Trey Aikman, they won three in a relatively short time in the 90s. Their dynasty, Tom Brady and the Patriots, you could say they had – a dynasty to start the 2000s. They had a dynasty the end of the 2010s. You can combine it to one full dynasty. It was huge because they won Super Bowls. They were constantly in AFC Championship games. At one point, it was like eight in a row. So, uh, yes, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they've been to five straight AFC Championship games. They've been to two Super Bowls. They've won, they've won to three Super Bowls. They've won two. I think in order for them to be a dynasty, they have to win win more Super Bowls because their first Super Bowl was the 2019-2020 season. 
And now their final Super Bowl so far has been this year, which was the 2022-2023 season. So this would be a very short-lived dynasty. To me, they have to include another Super Bowl for them to include being a dynasty. Because to me, a dynasty starts when you win the first Super Bowl. Not about when you started to be good because we can say the Chiefs have made the playoffs so much under Andy Reid, but to me it's when you start to it's when you win your first championship and what you do after that. For example, in I just gave you the NFL examples, but in the NHL you had the Blackhawks uh recently they won three Super Bowls in like a or three Stanley Cups in a three six year span from like two thousand ten to two thousand fifteen. That's a dynasty. In the eighties, uh, the Oilers won four Super or four Stanley Cups in five years. The Islanders won like four in a row as well before them. That's dynasty level stuff. The early Celtics were a dynasty. The Lakers were a dynasty with Shaq and Kobe when they won three in a row, and even Kobe adding two there at the end. The Bulls had a dynasty because they won six out of eight and six in a row with Michael Bear as a starter for the full season. That is dynasty level stuff. So if you know, I had to mention the dynasty where it's, oh, they won two in four years. That's not as dynasty. If the Eagles would have won, they would have won two in six years. Wouldn't have considered them a dynasty. So to me, Chiefs need another Super Bowl for them to be considered a dynasty, dynastic, but they're there. They're close, but I'm not calling it a dynasty yet, and I'll stand by that. The other question now is for the Kansas City Chiefs. Will they repeat? Simple as that. They have the best odds to repeat. Uh, they got Patrick Mahomes under cap. The only thing I think for me is it's tough to repeat. I think in the AFC, it's especially more tough to repeat. When you look at the Bengals and how close they got with backup offensive linemen, where it looked like if their offensive linemen were healthy, probably would have beat the Chiefs a few weeks ago. Uh, the Bills, I don't think, are done yet. Uh, so there are very good teams still in the AFC, so to me it is a little tougher. Uh, again, but just the grind of the season is tough as well. Uh, so we'll see how that one goes. Uh, but if I had to make an early prediction, I would say that... They don't repeat next year. I think Andy Reid coming back is huge, uh, considering he announced that, hey, if you want me here, they'll have me here. Big credit to him. Travis Kelsey is getting older. I think he'll be 35 by the time next season starts. Uh, being a tight end, being the kind of hits that he takes, I see him check out more often, more frequently now in games than I ever have. He's getting older. I think the grind of the season's is getting tough on him, but again, he's fantastic. I'm not sold on all of our weapons. Now, Patrick Mahomes looks makes people look great, like Brady did. And again, I'll touch on that more later, but Kadarius Toney ain't a number one. Juju's not a number one. Uh, Sky Moore's not a number one, but they're good. And they have enough solid pieces on defense to just get by, and sometimes that's all you need. So their chances for success are very good to repeat next year, to kind of be contenders each 
and every year they have the pieces, but I don't think they'll repeat. Uh, if I had to bet on any of the other 31 teams, I'd definitely take the field over the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Now the other question is, what's next uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles? What are they going to do? They have some questions this coming offseason after such a great run where they had three regular season losses, four total. I mean, not a lot of people expected that from them. Least of all me, did not expect the Eagles to be in the Super Bowl, and they played their absolute uh, heart out. I mean, it was great. But now here they are. Asking questions like we have a long list of free agents and players that are getting older. We have uh, Linval Joseph, Nadama Kansu uh, as free agents this year. What do we want to do with them? Uh, we have people mulling retirement, such as uh, Jason Kelsey. Is he going to be back? Uh, or... Is he going to go out and retire? Was this his final game? So you have that right there. Then you have the Jalen Hurts contract extension. How much money is he going to ask for? How much is he going to command? Uh, because he's improved each and every year. Is he going to get a Josh Allen type contract? A Dak Prescott type contract? I imagine so. Uh, I don't think he's going to break the bank bank and try to break uh, Deshaun Watson's record, but he's going to get his money in, rightfully so. So you have that uh, to maneuver as well with the other players you've got. So I think the future is bright for the Eagles, considering Jalen Hurts' ascension each and every year, considering the young wide receivers they got and A.J. Brown and uh, – Devontae Smith, the good tight end they got in Dallas Goddard. And then I just think it's going to be a reshuffling act on defense. I think the key is the offense. Uh, keep those guys happy. Score points. Run the football well. Replace the offensive linemen before you replace any defensive players. Because in the NFL right now, let's be honest, it's the offense that matters, not the defense. But then you have another thing as well for the Eagles. And that's replacing both coordinators. Both coordinators have left you. James Steichen is now the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. I think that's a great hire. Uh, I think considering how he worked closely with Jalen Hurts, saw his growth, uh, and kind of his play calling and design, I think it's very good uh, for the Indianapolis Colts coming in, going to draft a quarterback that's going to be your mold. So I think Shane Steichen's a good hire. Give them two or three years, and the Colts will be a very promising team uh, from now if he lands his guy in the NFL draft. So a lot of, I think, Shane Steichen, I think that's a great, just a great hire. The other coordinator, uh, Gannon, left for the Arizona Cardinals. And this is one, I'm sorry, I don't love. Uh, I know... Uh, Gannon, uh, Jonathan Gannon was, is a young, you know, good defensive coordinator. But I'm not sold considering in some moments of the season, 
His defense looked outmatched like the Super Bowl. I don't like that look in the biggest games. I'm also, with such an offensive-leaning league, I'd rather have an offensive-minded coach in that a defensive-minded coach. And it's not like he was the best defensive coordinator available. It's just the Cardinals legit got the last person left. They were the last person to hire somebody. That just shows me how bad an organization the Cardinals are. I don't love the hire. I hope I'm wrong on it, considering I live here in Arizona. And when the home team's better, you know, the atmosphere is kind of better sports-wise. So maybe he'll prove me wrong. But right now, I'm very skeptical about Gannon coming over here for the Cardinals, considering the defense is such a mess. In the offense is such a mess. So I don't know which one he's going to fix first or if he'll fix either of them. I just don't. So uh, who knows there? Who knows there? But, again, great Super Bowl. Great win for the Chiefs. Deservingly so, Patrick Mahomes. Great win for them. But to me, the Eagles, if there was ever such a thing as a moral loss, that would have been one considering how well – Jalen Hurts and the Eagles played. Uh, again, great Super Bowl watch. Didn't like the holding call, but great entertainment. Moving on to another part of the NFL. Kevin or Derek Carr has officially been released. Uh, if he would have been on the roster tomorrow, his $33 million would have become guaranteed, uh, as well as the uh, $7.5 million for the 2024, so $41 million. So they save $40 million by cutting him, only take a $5 million cap hit. So that, to me, is a big win, considering Derek Carr didn't want to be there. Raiders wanted to trade him. He didn't want to accept the trade. So we just said, we're not afraid. We'll cut you. Uh, so I love it. Love the Raiders starting fresh. I do. Uh, I think they'll get somebody better either in free agency or in the draft. Uh, could it be a dark horse for Lamar Jackson for a Aaron Rodgers? Will they go a Jimmy D route, a bridge quarterback and draft someone since they have a drive, uh, high draft pick, uh, in the wings? Who knows? But, I'm going to say this. There are teams that need a quarterback. There are teams like the Saints that need a quarterback, which I think will probably end up there, considering how much they went back and forth. So there are teams that need a quarterback, like the Saints, like the Jets. But the question is, do I want him? I need a quarterback. I know I need that. But do I want him? Because guess what? To win a Super Bowl, I need a good quarterback. I need a... Patrick Mahomes level quarterback. I need a Tom Brady. Joe Burrow is close enough. I think Matt Stafford is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. Win healthy. Peyton Manning's Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Derek Carr, who got to the Super Bowl. So, yes, would he improve the Jets? But is he life-changing for the Jets? Is he going to win a Super Bowl? If, you know, if I was ever a general manager or... Coach, I'd want to make, you know, just, and this is really just free agency is, is this guy going to help me win a Super Bowl, especially when it's this major of a concern? Uh, 
if you look at a situation like the Lions, it's different uh, because they traded for uh, Jared Goff knowing that Matthew Stafford wanted out. So there's some things your hands are, you know, kind of tied behind your back. We'll get the most, and we'll see where it goes from there. Um, and, but, you know, Jared Goff made it to a Super Bowl. I don't think he's a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Uh, I don't think Derek Carr's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So on, on the Jets, am I going to improve my situation for a few years? But he's not going to win me the Super Bowl. It, to me, it'd be better to go be in a draft or try to make a trade for someone else. That's just how I feel with Derek Carr. I think he's good, but he's not a game changer. He's not He's not Josh Allen. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Those are, the, those are the four best quarterbacks in the AFC. Those are all going to be your division winners yet again next year. Again, I'm sorry, Derek Carr, but you're not it. In the NFC, Jalen Hurts is better. Jared Goff was better this year. So was Kirk Cousins. Aaron Rodgers is technically still on the Packers. You can't contend with that. NFC West, San Francisco with Brock Purdy is better than Derek Carr. Geno Smith was more, you know, more efficient this year. On the NFC South, maybe because that division's so wide open. That would he fit on Tampa Bay better than Kyle Trask? Would yes. New Orleans Saints, yes, but. I mean, to win a Super Bowl? No. Will they win their division? Maybe cause an upset? Maybe. But they're not winning the Super Bowl. It's fool's gold. Derek Carr is fool's gold. That's what he is. He wants people to make you think he's great. But he's not. He's not that guy. Next up, the Jets asked Aaron Rodgers if he's available. So when will we find out more about Aaron Rodgers after the Super Bowl is closed? Well, Yesterday, he entered his voluntary darkness retreat, and from what I heard and read, it's kind of just people feeding you food into this little hole. It's no light at all for these four days, so he'll come out of this hole, you know, Thursday, uh, maybe have some more clarity by then. I'll probably want to eat something Friday. So do I expect a decision Thursday, Friday? No, not really. Do I expect one earlier next week? Yeah, I do. Do I know where he's going to go? No one, I don't even, in, honestly, Aaron Rodgers doesn't even know where he's going to go. That's why he's doing a darkness retreat. He hasn't made up his mind yet. He's trying all these things. Uh, but it sounds like, from what I've read about Lee executives, they're kind of frustrated by this darkness retreat. And are they tired of Aaron Rodgers' act? Uh, not really being a team player, like being in self-isolation, darkness, ayahuasca retreats. Maybe that's just him. I think he can really help a franchise for the next one to two years, and that's it. Cut your ties after that. But, again, I think Aaron Rodgers on the Raiders or the Jets would be massive, big news. I think if he stays with the Packers, it's, it's honestly a fight for second or third place. Am I saying the Lions are going to take the division next year? Yes, I am. I don't want to get sidetracked, but I do believe that. Aaron Rodgers just ain't the guy. Now moving on to my early 2023-2024 rankings. Now, these are just, you know, these aren't post-Super Bowl. This is projecting already out to the beginning of next year when we start in September. 
before any offseason moves have been made or anything like that. Top five going into next year. Number five, the Buffalo Bills. They are up against the cap. Defensive stars, Jordan Poyer, Tremaine Edmonds, questions there. But to me, they still need a viable running game. They need either Gabe Davis to become wide receiver number two, which I thought was promised after that Chiefs divisional round a year ago. He was did not become a number two. You, they were hoping to not have to worry about getting a number two. But is Gabe Davis going to be that wide receiver two, or was that a championship one-hit wonder type of performance? But they still got Josh Allen. Uh, I think their defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, is all right. Their defense gets exposed on the biggest stages. But they got Josh Allen, who to me is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and can mask over a multitude of problems. But that's why they're number five, because can't mask over everything. Number four, San Francisco 49ers, to me the most, as I said, the most dangerous, complete roster. And I think after watching this playoff run, the most complete roster with the biggest question at quarterback. I love Christian McCaffrey. I love Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, the weapons, the offensive line, uh, Trent Williams, uh, defensive line, Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year, Fred Warner, all pro. I mean, stacked on stacked on stacked. But quarterback is the biggest question mark, which is why they're no higher. If any of the other quarterbacks, if a Josh Allen was on there, they would have won the Super Bowl this year. If Patrick Mahomes was on there, they still would have won the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes. If Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, they would have won the Super Bowl. Number three, Philadelphia Eagles, they got a quarterback. They got Jalen Hurts. They were just runner-up in the Super Bowl. Fantastic, but worried about this defense. It's aging, was exploited on the biggest stage. Uh, but, again, I like this offense. I like the weapons. I think Nick Sirianni is a good head coach. Is a little, little odd for my taste, but... He works for the Eagles. He embraces the city. I got Philly at three. Time for top two. Number two, I got the Kansas City Chiefs. Can't debate Patrick Mahomes as the best quarterback in the game right now. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the NFL right now and the best quarterback receiver duo, which is those two. They got the best pass-blocking offensive line. They got opportunistic defensive plays with an experienced coordinator in uh, Steve Spagnola, AI Andy Reid as a head coach. This is a team built to last. But so who I have won? Yes, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. I believe with in my heart of hearts that if the Cincinnati Bengals had their offensive line healthy, they would have beat the Chiefs. They just couldn't hold up against Frank Clark and Chris Jones and the pressure. Uh, they were able to do it the year before, but they weren't able to do it this year. Uh, they're going to need their offensive lineman back. They're going to need Ted Karras back healthy. Uh, you know, Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins, the guys they signed in who meshed and were good for a majority of the season. But injuries decimated the offensive line at the worst time. Uh, but I believe, again, healthy offensive line, they would have beat the Chiefs with the weapons they have, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, uh, Jamar Chase. Again, this sets up an exciting rivalry between Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. 
those to me are the clear top two teams. Uh, excited to see what everyone else has done, but that's my early 2023-2024 rankings. Next up, I'm going to name my top five quarterbacks of all time. Now, this list might be controversial, but this is just my list. This is how I see it, looking at the historical part of the game. Number five is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes already has got two Super Bowls, two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, two first-team pros. Fantastic. He's led the league this year in passing yards, passing touchdowns. Just great, 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 great year. Uh, two Super Bowls already. Uh, but his career's not over. I believe in the next few years he'll pass number four, number three on my list. It's It was, to me, a toss-up between five, four, and three. I'll let you know that. But Patrick Mahomes is just brilliant. But I have him there at five. Marginally ahead of him because a full career has been played is John Elway. John Elway won back-to-back Super Bowls, one to one MVP. Uh, he was a great leader as well. Uh, Walter Payton, man of the year, uh, again, has a bunch of awards and a full trophy case and great owner now. So, But just field-wise, John Elway was terrific, played you with some injuries. Uh, probably his career could have been a lot better and could have won, could have won uh uh, third or fourth Super Bowl. That's how talented John Elway was. Number three, Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning won five MVPs, which is the record for most MVPs. He was fantastic in the regular season, took a dip in the postseason, but still won two Super Bowls, went to a, uh, went to a few more as well, uh, went to a couple more, and he lost. So, to me, very similar to Patrick Mahomes, where they won all the Super Bowls, but still won two. But Peyton Manning is a pocket passer, was one of the best. As a pure pocket passer, not a lot of people could go in there like Peyton Manning, like he did. Uh, again, has, still has a record for most passing yards in a season and touchdowns in a single season. That honor goes to Peyton Manning. I've got to have him at three. Number two, Joe Montana. A man that never lost a Super Bowl was 4-0, never threw an interception in the Super Bowl. Won multiple MVPs, was part of a great dynasty. I put Joe Montana there at number two, uh, quite deserving as well. You want to talk about eras and all that. John Elway, Joe Montana from one era. Patrick Mahomes from the new era. Peyton Manning played in a bit of both. So did number one, and not only does that make him the GOAT, but he is number one. Tom Brady, he got a taste of the old NFL era where Dilfer's unimpressive comments were won a few Super Bowls there. We talked about Patrick Holmes winning two and four tries. Who can only one-up that? Well, that was Tom Brady, three and four tries. Total of seven out of ten Super Bowls, ten trips, eight straight conference championship appearances, again, the most. Tom Brady also holds every single NFL Passing record. Again, I do not exaggerate when I say that. Uh, he holds every passing record. Now, maybe I'll go through this in my next podcast, 
but there's at least 20 to 30 records he holds, again, basically being an NFL quarterback or just some great statistics. That is the GOAT, Tom Brady. So that's my top five. I believe Patrick Mahomes, again, five, four, and three are very fluid. I believe another MVP, past John Elway, another Super Bowl, passes Peyton Manning, could be right there with Joe Montana. Is he chasing greatness? Yes. Is he chasing Tom? Yes. Is he still behind him? Yes. That is for future episodes to discuss. Hope you all enjoyed the Super Bowl as much as I did. I don't know what you all thought of a call. Great, not. I guess that's reserved for our own opinions. But I'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone.